Hello and welcome back to the Accommodation Show. We help accommodation owners like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to grow your business, improve your guest experience and increase your profitability. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Accommodation Show. I'm really excited to welcome Heather Brown to the show this week. She is an extraordinaire from the US. She is a short-term rental host. She's got a number of properties. She's been doing it for a number of years. Um, She's wonderful. I met her on Clubhouse. I want you to all get to know her, get to meet her, and to share some of her knowledge that, uh, that she's gained over the years. Heather, welcome to the show. Well, howdy. Thanks so much for having me, Bart. I'm excited about this. I'm nervous, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. I'll look after you along the way. Um, look, uh, I, I've been excited to do this particular episode because I've heard you talk quite a few times on Clubhouse. Funnily enough, uh, you being you helped us with a room not too long ago where we were helping hosts with their um, Airbnb listings or with their listings in general improve them to make the pictures wonderful and that sort of thing one of the tips that you gave in that room was to make sure that all the lights are on in the rooms when they take the photography that was you wasn't it it was yes and the funny thing is is those pictures came through i don't know if you've seen them but they look wonderful make sure you check it out on my instagram you'll see what they did with it and you got oh that was my work that's how impactful heather can be and today's episode We're going to cover all sorts of really interesting topics around um, short-term rentals, but also the leisure market. So uh, she's got properties in the ski fields, and um, we'll kind of go from there. But Heather, introduce yourself. Let everybody know where you're from, who you are, your experience in this space, and and what you're up to. So what what kind of a business you're running. Sure. Okay. So I'm Heather Brown and I am the co-founder, co-owner of Stalux Properties LLC, aka Stalux Luxury Vacation Homes. And we operate using the ho-hosting model. And what that means is that we leverage the second homes of private owners in the Park City, Utah area. So as you can imagine, many of the homes in Park City, Utah are owned by people out of state. They have the money to spend and they say, hey, We want to have a second home in Park City so we can come and ski for one week out of the year. And we say to them, hey, we'd love to use your property for the other 51 weeks of the year and help make you a little bit of money to help subsidize your mortgage payment and HOA fees and whatever else they've got to pay. Tell me a bit about about Park City, Utah, for those people that just imagine like it's a blank canvas and people don't know what it's all about, what the area looks like. Absolutely. So Park City, Utah is located on the Wasatch back. So the Wasatch mountain ranges in um, park in the kind of towards the maybe upper half of the the state of Utah. Um, There is the Wasatch mountain range. And so Park City is located on the Wasatch back. Interestingly enough, there are other resorts very well known on the other side of the Wasatch, which include Solitude, Alta, Alta, Snowbird, um, couple of other ones and in and this on this side of the mountain or on on that side of the mountain and so park city um is part of the veil um i guess you could say conglomerate of ski resorts throughout the united states and park city just recently merged with the resort called the canyons and has now become the largest ski resort in the united states and so anyone who carries a veil ski pass has the ability to ski Vail in Colorado, 
and any of the other resorts that Vail owns as a company, which includes Park City Mountain Resort and the canyons. And we also have Deer Valley Resort, which is very well known, also the place where a few celebrities have met their death, unfortunately. <laughs> but yes, there have been a few um, well-known people who have um, met their demise at Deer Valley. It's a, it's a pretty rigorous uh, mountain from what I understand. I, interestingly enough, I'm not a skier, but um, but I'm happy to, to take people's money <laughs> when they come to ski. <laughs> when they come to stay. So you're just sticking with that. You, you stay in there. You're the kind of person that's in the chalet at the bottom drinking your hot cup of chocolate or a mulled and wine or whatever. Sweater. Absolutely. I'm the one knitting a sweater. When you come down from the mountain, you will have a sweater waiting for you. That handmade. That's me. Yes. That's beautiful. Okay, so um, all right, we've got a bit of a context as the area. So in terms of the business, you've got a number of properties. Are they all um, in that area at the moment, or are they scattered? What, is, what does that look like? All of our properties are in Park City. Um, there are little towns that kind of connect to Park City. So when you leave the highway coming from um, the airport in Salt Lake, it's actually one of the quickest resort towns to get to in the United States. It's only a, anywhere between a 20 to 30 minute drive from the airport to get on the slope. Um, and so that's really amazing and one of the draws for this area. Um, and so what you're looking at is there's a little town called Kimball Junction that then leads up the road um, into Park City proper. And then beyond that, you have kind of like the Jordanelle area. And so we have properties everywhere from Kimball Junction to Park City proper all the way out to the Jordanelle. Okay, great. So you have these properties that are all kind of one type of, uh, of of property that you're going for, one kind of guest avatar that you're looking at. And I think this is going to be a really interesting topic for everybody is talking about sort of destination uh, accommodation or short-term rentals and working within a specific niche, a specific industry, how to do it, how to get yourself up, uh, how to get yourself set up. Now, I'm really interested. So you've got, uh, I think uh, you told me before, there's about 21 properties at the moment. So you're not huge, but also because you're at the luxury end, um, you don't need to be huge. It's more about quality over quantity. But Absolutely. I'd love to know, are you, uh, in terms of adding more properties, are you consciously trying to target your particular area or are you uh, looking uh, elsewhere or, or how does that how does that kind of come across? Yeah, that's a very interesting question as far as scaling. I'm assuming that that's kind of what you're talking about is what is what are our plans to scale? What do we see as a future of Stalux properties? Sure. And so yeah. to answer that question, I would say that there's a couple of thought processes here in mind between myself and my business partner. And um, one of them, yes, is continued acquisitions of you know, uh, owner contracts here in the Park City market. And we're at a point now where we can be very picky about what we choose, who we choose to partner with as a owner partner. We don't necessarily, so, so with that being said, we're in a position where we have made it um, a decision to say, we want to partner with owners that are going to bring us anywhere from 80,000 gross and above, preferably 100,000 gross. And what I mean by that is that the, the gross revenue, the gross rent would be 100000 in a 12-month period. Um, that's what we really would prefer. And that doesn't mean that we don't have properties in our portfolio right now that are less than that. We do. Um, but we're at a point where we can now be very picky about our acquisition. Um, that being said, that's not necessarily where the ball stops rolling for us. We are considering the concept of going almost franchise 
where this would become the Stalux Park City Market and then we would help other people who are wanting to break into this industry who don't have structure, procedures, policies in place, systems in place, and we would then offer them that tutoring basically and say, listen, you're going to fall under Stalux, but maybe it's going to be, you know, Stalux Austin or wherever it may be, Stalux Hawaii, whatever it may be, we're, we're thinking that that would be a very good model to follow. And so, you know, and, and we may end up acquiring maybe some of our own properties that Stalux actually owns um, and kind of go, kind of blur the line a little bit between the co-hosting model and the owning model. So, yeah, there's a, there's some options there. So in terms of that selection, so you've said we're looking at the numbers and we're saying, hey, we want to make sure that it's profitable and there's a certain amount of revenue or yield being derived from each property, property which I think that by default what that means is that the properties that you deal with, they are going to be more of a luxury type property. They're not going to be super basic and you're going to have a certain uh, demographic that you're appealing to with those properties because of that. Um, so you're kind of getting a win-win where you're not divesting your efforts as a business and going, all right, well, we're doing a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of everything. But because it's price driven, you're like, well, this is our minimum sort of threshold and therefore we're appealing to that luxury space. And I'm, am I nailing this? Absolutely. But the caveat that I would add here, Bart, is that I will tell you right now that from our portfolio of 21 properties, the highest grossing property in our portfolio is a tiny home. <laughs> it is not our five bedroom home. And so that being said, it's really important to understand what you're looking for on the granular level. And what I mean by that is you are going to be able to demand higher revenue for experiential stays. And I personally believe that that is the direction that short-term rentals are going in general, is experiential stays. The type of people who are coming to stay in what I would call vacation homes, which as we've talked about before, that's different than going into you know a corporate lease or something like that. When people who are looking for vacation homes want an experience and they are willing to pay for it. And at the end of the day, this tiny home right at the top of historic Main Street, you better believe it's it's booked solid all the time. And and that that little tiny home grosses over a hundred thousand in a year. So this is a great segue, and I think that people can learn an awful lot about about what you've just said. And you're saying, well, we're selling the experience. So of course we get the property, we make sure the property's got a nice view, and then might have a a uh, spa bath or a hot tub, or I'm not sure what you guys call them over there. Um, hot tub. Yes. <laughs> hot tub. So uh, you've got those sorts of things. You might have a billiard table, pool table. You might have these different things. But then you're saying, hold on a second. There's the experience, and I, I'm going to take a, a bit of a punt here that Staylux is an experienced brand. So what is it that you guys do? And I always consult with clients, and I say. Um, you need, if you want to build out a brand, you need to have something that makes you unique, some sort of reason to stay with Staylux. What, what is that reason? Is it just because it's clean and cheap or is it other things? So t tell me about the experience side and what it means to Staylux and your uh, guests. Sure. That is an amazing question. I'm glad you, glad you asked that. So it is very, very important to us. My business partner and I, Bo, um, we built this brand and our tagline is, where luxury is personal. And we 100% believe that as we move forward growing Staylux as a brand. 
And what that means to us is that we provide a very hands-on experience. Well, I say hands-on, hands-on from our perspective, but hands-off from the owner's perspective. So it's an all-inclusive management, asset management program in which we are connecting on a very personal level with both our owners and our guests. That That creates an experiential stay. Every guest is has a personal phone call from Bo, a personal phone call. There are texts that are sent out. He, If they need him to show up at the property, he is there. Um, and it's the same with our owners. You know, I, I think there, there's some thinking out there that in order to be professional, you have to have, I've heard this spoken before, that you have to have like a landline, a dedicated landline for your business. And that is what makes, is one of the aspects of, that makes you professional. In talking with the owners that we have in our portfolio, they 100% love the fact that they can call me at any time and I am going to answer the phone. They're never going to have to question that I exist, that I'm there watching what they need, that their guests ever have to, um, you know, feel that there's nobody that they can contact. So that to me is part of the luxury experience is that personal communication and connection with other people. That's what we're in the business of doing is connecting people. So in terms of your branding, your marketing now, if we go, so I've got the property management side and I think that that part um, I'm quite comfortable with. And I think people within the audience may be, and it's something that we can, um, I think people can circle back and actually reach out to you and say, Hey, what, what, what do you do in terms of building out uh, that client database and providing that experience? I'm really curious about the guest side. Um, so you've got the, the those touch points with the guest. When we when you market yourself on any of the booking platforms or your own uh, website, do you have pictures of yourself, or is it just the Staylux brand? It is actually just the Staylux brand, and we do that. I know that um, you and I've talked before, and and there's a differing of opinions. Obviously, there some people are are very much on the side of of putting their own face on their company versus those people who want to put their brand, you know, their logo as, as the face of their company. And for us, we use the logo simply for the um, feeling of being professional. It's, it's a matter, it, for us, we feel like it, it indicates some trust. It's like, oh, this is not just, you know, Ma Pa Jones that's renting this home to us. This is a legitimate business. They are, these are professionals who are offering this home to us. And we can count on them to behave like professionals is kind of how we look at it. And then so your website, your personal one, does it have an about us that talks about you or is it is it all once again branded as the company? That's really interesting. We don't have an about us page currently, but the reason for that is the type of website that we're using. So the property management software that we're using right now provides a free website. We have been using that for these first 12 months. We are actively building out a new far more robust and interactive website on which we will have an about us page that will have photos. We may even have a photo of the dog <laughs> as part of our team. <laughs> I because think that's what, what most people want to see anyway, right? They just want to see the exactly dog more. Right. That's exactly than right. That's exactly right. So Shepard may be on the about us page. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay, great. And then, so then you talked about that personal communication we call the guests um, because I assume that a lot of it's remote check-in. So actually, you know, going and going and 
What I want to ask you about is the the tools. So uh, you've got that process of calling each guest as they're checking in, because obviously going in and meeting each individual guest can be quite uh, time consuming and expensive. But you give them a phone call, make sure that they're all okay. I imagine that there'll be a mid-stage uh, message saying, "Hey, is everything okay? If it isn't, let us know." Uh, what kind, are you using any particular tools, or is it all quite manual still? So we have a firm belief that really exceptional hospitality should be as personal as possible, meaning less tech, the better. So our tech stack for those who are in this space watching this um, are going to understand that terminology tech stack. But essentially what that means is, you know, the tools, the technology and software assisted services that we're using in order to operate our business fun as a functioning business, we keep that tech stack small. I think our tech stack is maybe five. Um, there are those in the industry that have tech stacks of like 20 deep or more. Um, I find, and my business partner finds that maintaining the manual and those high touch points like you, you mentioned is what has allowed our business to grow at the rate that it has and to maintain the reviews that we have to maintain. We've had people, one of our newest properties was a former guest who loved staying here so much with us that he bought a property and immediately contacted us and said, I bought a property. I want you to manage it. Um, right. So that's really what we pride ourselves on. And because of that, we stay pretty removed from having heavy tech stacks. But yes, to your point, we do want to provide things that at least portray, again, professionalism, that this is not just mom and pop. We're currently looking at possibly providing the tablets, the You're Welcome tablets, as our guidebooks in our properties. So we want there to be tech available for our guests to feel like they are getting a value for what they're paying for, because they're paying quite a bit. We want them to feel like they're getting the right value, but we don't want it to feel so remote and so sterile that they feel like, oh, well, I mean, this was not any different than any other short-term rental that we've ever stayed in. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like that continuation of, of the experience they would have on an OTA where it all, all is quite depersonalized. Um, and you don't want to continue that. You want to break out of that mold and be like, all right, what can we do? Which is a bit different, which they can't achieve using the software. Um, and they can't make that phone call, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, the, 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 those five deep tech stack, do you want to, is there any chance you can just rattle off some names of stuff that you're actually using? Sure. So um, the things that we had in place from day one, no matter what, was a property management software. We currently are working out of Guesty, but we are in the middle of migration to Streamline. Um, and there's this whole story behind that. But that's that's what we're doing for a property management that's software. A, that's another, another, another episode. It is. It's 100% <laughs> another episode. Um, but uh, yeah, so then the other piece of the puzzle that absolutely had to be in place before I launched this company was revenue management. And I've said this in Clubhouse numerous times. I am not a revenue management genius, guru, or anything of the like. And so I knew going into this that I wanted dynamic pricing and that I wanted a human being to take care of that revenue management for me. And so we, we use Rented um, as our revenue managers because they offer that consultative approach where it's a human being that's taking the data and then manipulating our rates inside of our, our uh, property calendars. 
So let me think beyond that. We do use Brevo, formerly Parakeet. That's who we use for our home automation. So I think that makes three. Let me think. I'm trying to think of any other tech that we... What about the, really tr the Trello and the Asana and the onboarding of a new client? We, we don't even use that. That's that's all me right now. Um, yeah. We need to have a conversation around that. Uh, it will change your life. It will just make your life a lot easier in terms of everything that you're doing. I have used Asana before, for sure, but it's getting my partner to be on board with that because he typically refuses to plug into those kinds of things. But... For the most part, um, yes, I, I would like to have some, in fact, just this last week, I was thinking to myself, what would be the best um, tech to plug into that space as far as scheduling and making sure everybody's on the same page at the same time. Um, I think that Streamline may offer something similar to that just built in to their PMS, which would make it really nice. I think so. the other, I mean, one of the other ones that I can think of, and you and I've talked about this before, is um, just the smaller uh software as assisted services kind of things, which are for me, box brownie as my photo editor. Um, I 100% can understand those individuals who say, listen, um, I don't want to be doing, I can take great photos, but I don't want to do it myself. I'm a little bit more particular, maybe OCT. <laughs> I don't even know if that's, a, if that's a real thing, but I'm a very particular about the way that photos are taken and um, you know the angles, the composition, that sort of thing. And so I do, I take all my photos myself and then I just dump them into Box Brownie as a, as a, as a part of my stack as well. Beautiful. Look, uh, today's episode is going to be a shorter one because from talking to you and actually even before the show, so for, for everyone that's listening, what happened is we got talking and talking and talking before even hitting record. So the good news is, is Heather will definitely come back on if she has the time for us. And uh, we'll cover some more of these topics because I think that there's a, a lot to unpack. But I think that so far what you've shared is incredibly valuable uh, looking at the guest experience, looking at how to create a bit of more of a premium stay for people, um, working in one particular area and really understanding that particular marketplace. Uh, and then you sharing all those tools has been incredibly valuable um, and, and will really help people uh, with their journey. Now, you've spent some time with us. Is there anything that we can do for you as a community? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not typically the one to ask. Um, I'm not, that's not really my, my MO. So you've caught me kind of off guard. I don't know that I have anything I would say that I necessarily want, but um, I can tell you that if I... If I can think of something, I will definitely be reaching out and and like you said, I'd be happy to come on again and maybe unpack some of the more you know details and of some of these the different topics. topics here and there. Yeah. So, yeah, that would beautiful. Be so, folks, uh, connect with Heather on Instagram, on Clubhouse. Um, you'll find her on LinkedIn as well, I imagine. Um, all will be in the show notes. So just follow her. I think that's the best thing that you can do. Um, and you'll see how her journey grows. She went from uh, 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, from 15 properties. Now they're at 21 properties. So they will be growing and they will be expanding. But um, I think that the quality is more important than the quantity for Heather and Bo right now. Um, but it's a journey that you definitely want to watch. Uh, and it will be an exciting one. So, look, once again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you around and talking again. Um, we'll catch you around. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you so much, Heather.
thank you so much for listening to the show. You can find us at theaccommodationshow.com where you can find all the show notes, links to resources we have talked about, and transcripts from the show. I really do appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to support the show, then please subscribe, leave a comment, and share it with others.